Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What up, y'all? Happy Friday. We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by High Plains Strains, the Northeastern Colorado dispensary, providing top quality cannabis and a wide variety of products. If you give them a visit, be sure to mention DNBR to take advantage of their deals. All right, y'all. Uh, we're a little bit more removed now from that Nevada loss, so hopefully the, the sting has kind of gone away. A rough trip to Reno for the men's and women's program. I mean, what happened on the women's side was downright embarrassing, and I think there's going to have to be some tough conversations had about that program if they fail to reach the tournament again with, you know, arguably the second greatest player in program history. I don't know. I, just, I don't know how you have a top 15 player in, in college basketball and can't compete in a league that, frankly, is not very good. Like it, the the women's side is just nothing like the men's side right now. It, it's not the gauntlet. It's not this you know brutal conference where you're gonna have six, seven teams in the mix for the NCAA tournament. It's a one bid league. Anyways, it's probably far too early to start getting into those type of conversations, and I think all of you can understand what I'm implying uh, when I bring all this stuff up. But yeah, not a not a friendly trip to Reno for the women's team and. It was a tough one for the men as well, obviously, who fell 77-64. to 64. I already gave my takeaways from that game on the show with Andre Thursday. However, I was fortunate to catch up with my good buddy, Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. He was out in Reno covering the game in person. Wanted to get his perspective just because sometimes, you know, you can you can learn some different stuff when you're there in the building versus when you're just watching the the broadcast. Always great to talk with him. He and I just kind of talked about you know, why we're still really confident in this team, despite the fact that the league is much better than we anticipated, despite the fact that the path to a Mountain West championship is certainly narrowed after, you know, starting 0-3 on the road. But at the same time, all these other teams still have to go out on the road too. And it could be a situation where like, if you just go undefeated at home and steal a couple on the road, you know, against Fresno Air Force, Wyoming would be a big one this weekend. You're going to be in the mix. I do think for the first time ever, the conference winner is going to have five losses. I've been pretty consistent with this take for a while now. I just think the top of the league is too good, and we're seeing that. I mean, the the top half of the league right now, one and eight against each other on the road, and I, I just don't think it's going to get much easier from here. Uh, we dove into some of the recent trends for CSU hoops. We talked about you know, maybe Isaiah getting off to a, a quicker start, just being a little bit more selfish at times especially if some other guys are struggling to knock down shots Patrick Cartier is obviously a guy they need to get going in general they're not going to win a ton of games 
when their stars combined for 17 points on 27% from the floor. But hopefully this game in Laramie on Saturday will be an opportunity for the Rams to kind of turn it around here. The history is, has been kind of tough in Arena Auditorium. Even some really good Rams teams have struggled up there. And, and that's not surprising. I mean, it's the highest elevation in the in the country. It's your biggest rival. Like, it makes sense that the the intensity of the matchup always tends to make it a close one, whether one team is much better than the other one or not. This is a Wyoming team that's found some confidence, so it's going to be interesting to see. They do have some pieces I like a lot. Um, I don't want to get too repetitive here, so I'm going to get to that interview with Kevin in a sec, but just some guys to keep an eye on in this Wyoming matchup. Sam Griffin is is the main guy you got to really keep an eye on. He's their most efficient scorer. Uh, Cott is, is really big as well, but this just isn't the same Wyoming team that had Maldonado and EK, or if you want to go back even further than that, you know, like Larry Nance and Josh Adams. There are some nice pieces, and this is a team that plays hard. Jeff Linder's a good coach. This is a game you got to win. It might be a bit dramatic to call it a must-win situation just, you know, because just because it's not like your season is over if you lose it. And I actually talked about this exact situation with Kevin. But the fact of the matter is, is you've got to win one of these games on the road. It's never been more challenging to win on the road, especially in this league and even in college basketball as a whole. But you came in hoping to contend for Mountain West Championship. You still have an opportunity to. But you got to get it done against an inferior opponent like Wyoming on the road. It's going to be a challenge. It's certainly not going to be a, a gimme, but you got to pull it out. So instead of me going on and on, I'm going to get to that combo with Kevin. Always appreciate him hopping on with us. Real quick, I do want to shout out our friends over at Circle K. Circle K is so convenient. One, they're everywhere. But two, they hit you up with all kinds of deals. If you download their app, you can get membership for free. And with that, your first five Phillips of gas, you get 25 cents off per gallon. That's your first five Phillips after signing up. That alone is worth doing it. You get five Polar Pops for free. Uh, so just for downloading the app, you're going to save 25 cents a gallon on the first five times you go to the pump. You're going to get five free Polar Pops. And then after that, every uh, six item is going to be free on any of that stuff. You know, the roller grills, pizza, uh, dispensed beverages, donuts, any of the many convenient snacks that they've got over at Circle K. Visit www.circlek.com slash inner circle for more information. Get a free any size Polar Pop from Colorado Circle K's by texting DNVR to 31310. That's DNVR to the number 31310. Message and data rates may apply. Periodic recurring messages per month. Terms and conditions can be reviewed at circlek.com. High Plains Strains provides some of the top quality cannabis and wide variety of products. Check them out for all your needs, including infused edibles, high potency concentrates, some of the best flour in the state. There are three convenient locations in northeastern Colorado, Log Lane Village, Garden City, and Sedgwick. If you're in northeastern Colorado, they are the dispensary for you. Save time by ordering ahead online at highplainstrains.com. Pick up conveniently. All of their locations have drive throughs You don't even have to get out of your car. Make sure you use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores. Their deals include a full ounce for 80 bucks, Veritas 8s for 25, Mammoth 1 gram cartridges for 15, Exquisite Extracts 4 for 40. Remember to use the code DNVR online or mention DNVR in stores to take advantage of these high plane strains deals. All right, we've got special guest on the pod, Kevin Lytle of the Fort Collins, Coloradoan. 
he was out in Reno. He'll be in Laramie this weekend. He travels with the team for just about every road game. What was your biggest takeaway from this loss? I mean, obviously, uh, kind of another missed opportunity there to steal one on the road, I think, out of all the, the road games that they've had against the top teams, at least. like I feel like they've kind of missed their chance to, to maybe steal one away from home, just given that you've got to go to the pit in Viejas still. But I guess we'll see. Um, what was your takeaway, though? Yeah, definitely. I agree. You know, of that top you know, five others, um, the three they've lost are probably the three you, you would have thought maybe the best chance to get one because Pitt and Viejas obviously are are really monsters. Um, but yeah, it was a, another kind of odd one. Um, the offense in the first half, just really bad. Uh, Pat Cartier getting in foul truck, two fouls in the first, what, minute 45 or whatever. Uh, that just has such a trickle down effect on both ends of the floor. And he's been in foul trouble a lot. They need to um, figure that out, I guess, basically. Uh, but, you know, honestly, defensively, I thought CSU was okay, you know, not not horrible. And Jared Lucas just went nuclear. Like, um, <laughs> the guy was excellent. I, I remember one blown coverage where he got an open three. But otherwise, honestly, I thought they defend him pretty well. He just hit stuff. Um, and that happens. That's That's basketball. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of weird. Like it never really felt like CSU played very well, but they were also in it pretty much the whole second half. Um, I think I told it up as 14 times, a second half score put CSU within five, six or seven points, which is kind of an arbitrary you know, range, but basically, you know, a couple possessions, distance, yeah, basically, you know, two big possessions either way. And the game can swing pretty quickly, but they just never got that one big. The couple times CSU got stopped, they couldn't score on the other end. Or if they did score, they couldn't get a stop. Uh, so that's just, you know, to me, that was the, that and just Lucas were the biggest stories of the game. This is maybe being a little dramatic given the success that the basketball program has had versus football, but it feels a little bit like during that tough stretch of the conference slate of football where it was the offense showed up or the defense showed up, but we haven't, you know, they weren't playing complimentary football as Jay loves to say over and over again right now. Like, I don't feel like efforts, the issue. I don't feel like decision-making has been bad. Like I had the, you know, the ball movement for the most part, I, I feel like is there, although Nevada, you know, very physical defense, they did a good job of mucking it up. It's just like, they can't seem to buy a bucket. Like these jump shots that are open and in rhythm, they're not falling, especially, you know, outside of Isaiah and Neek and I'm, Nevada was a different story in, in that regard. Yeah. But I just mean, it, it feels a lot like, I think it was 2021, the NIT year, where they were just so hit or miss from three. Like they would have these games where they'd go 12 of 16 as a team and you'd be like, oh my God. And you could see what it was possible. And then they'd have these long stretches where it's like, I, I, I don't really know what else to say other than I hope these shots start falling because I don't think it's bad offense per se. Yeah, I think the way I keep saying is, I think in these road losses, for the most part, generalizing the shot selection that is good, okay. Like they're taking, you don't sit there and be like, oh, that's a bad shot. Oh, that's a bad shot. But they're also not getting, you know, the really good paint touches that they get when the offense is really good. Some of that goes back, you know, I said big trickle down effect when Cartier's in foul trouble. Some of that comes to him because obviously when he's on, um, he can obviously we know he can hit some of those open threes, but he's also really smooth inside and a good passer inside that opens up the offense a lot. See, again, another reason you need him out on the court. 
I think um, some of it is, is yeah, like you have to be a little more stubborn of get into the paint, Pack, you know, whether yeah. it's a, in, a, in Isaiah Stevens' drive and kick. It doesn't, you don't even have to score inside. Um, but there's a difference between some perimeter passing to get an okay three or a drive and kick to get a really good three. You know, it, it's the same shot technically, but it's a different shot because of how it comes. So um, I think that's where the offense just needs to be a little better, you know, in that really attack mindset, um, get those good paint touches. You know, it's it's become a Nico Medved cliche of, you know, love the paint like the three, but that's, you know, broadly what they need to resort back to, I think, because they're not getting enough good paint touches uh, for a variety of reasons. This is something I've asked Nico about on the podcast. I, I think multiple people have asked him about it in various pressers over the years, but does Isaiah need to be more selfish right now? And it's it's kind of, it's a tricky balance, you know, because like the offense being free-flowing is a big part of, you know, what makes it so dangerous and having these different guys, but especially, you know, when the, when the jumpers aren't falling and it kind of feels like he gets in these stretches in the second half where he, you know, puts his head down and starts to attack. I know like inherently he's not a James Harden. He's not going to dribble the hell out of the basketball. Like they want it to be moving. But I do think there are times just to, to make the defense like respect the drive a little bit, you know, because right now they're just kind of yeah. daring some of these guys to shoot and kind of sitting back. Yeah, no, I, I think right now, I, I know we'll talk about Wyoming more, but by, I would like to see him, Isaiah, in the real attack mode early on because, yeah, I, I need to do the math on it, but it seems like his scoring numbers, his first half and second half numbers are very different because he's starting games off really trying to facilitate, which makes a lot of sense. You know, a lot of ways in this offense, it makes sense. Get other guys going and it opens everything up. But right now when you're in a bit of a you know slump, whatever you want to call it, he, you know, he's the dog, if you will. Like you kind of need him to, to just be that kickstart. So yeah, I, you know, Saturday, I would like to see him at Wyoming do that, you know, get downhill, get into the paint. Again, he doesn't even need to score from the paint. He can get into the paint and kick, and that will lead to some good shots because, yeah, in these games when, you know, they've kind of had to kick it on later, that's where the offense has really started. So uh, that's something I'd like to see. I, I think we're not alone in that. You know, I've heard that, you know, in and around CSU some too, of that might be, you know, a kickstart type thing. So we'll see. You know, I, I think there are a number of different things we might see CSU do Saturday, but getting Isaiah downhill early, um, I think would be a good starting point because that just, you know, just think of the things that can happen. Say, you know, he drives, defense collapses, he, uh, you know, quick bounce pass to Cartier for easy lay. And, you know, Pat, I think you can see needs, you know, just a confidence swell. Uh, you know, same thing, Joel Scott get one or, uh, you know, drive and kick it to to Neek for an early open three, uh, you know, something like that. It can, it can just do so much good that, um, yeah, that's not always the game plan or, or the best move but right now for for what's you know where this team is i think that would be a, a good site for the rams on saturday well kind of going off of that and talking about patrick and, and joel scott specifically it does feel like joel has gotten some of that mojo back that he had earlier on in the season he's definitely looking a lot more confident just body language and, and yeah. in terms of being the aggressor i think kind of going back to what you said just driving and you know, you're going to get some of those dump offs where he's able to finish and he has such great touch. I think if they could just get him a couple of easy touches for scores early on, it would do wonders because it just, 
it really seems like he's in his head right now. And obviously it's a little bit harder for me covering the game remotely versus being there in person. You can just, you can see the, the body language so much better and, you know, like how they're acting on the bench and stuff. But for a guy who's as skilled and really had grown a lot defensively, like it kind of feels like he's taken a step back these last couple of games. And I wonder how much of that just has to do with him, like overthinking out there. Yeah, totally. I mean, Cartier, again, out of the box scores, but he's been in foul trouble a lot kind of early in Mountain West play here. And and yeah, you could see it. You know, there's a whistle on the very first possession against Nevada. Um, and you can kind of see, you know, the shake of the head. And then when he picks up the second one, which was a very silly foul, uh, he goes diving for a loose ball. And then, yeah, it's uh, you could you could almost see him as he got up of like, oh, what did I just do? And And yeah, I think that leads to a lot of different things, you know. I mentioned not getting the big paint, the great paint touches. You know, is there some hesitation there? Because it's like, well, I don't want to pick up a cheap offensive foul on on a hook or something. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different factors that, that yeah, I think just early confidence can, can help. Because, uh, again, you know, these are humans. When when you're succeeding and then all of a sudden you hit a bump and aren't succeeding, uh, no matter who you are, your, your confidence is going to dip some and you know, Joel Scott went through some of that. And then was it the UNLV game? He, he really seemed to get that swagger back. And yeah, I think he's been solid. He's not a guy that's going to create, you know, a lot of his own scoring, but you don't need him to if the offense is functioning as it should. So yeah, again, it, you know, these are all kind of circular conversations of they all affect each other. Uh, but that's those, those two guys are two of the reasons I would love to see Isaiah attacking early because it will open things up for them. And if those two bigs are good, CSU is pretty darn hard to beat. I said the other day on the live show, I said it's, they're like a sports car, you know? Like, I don't think this is a a fundamentally flawed thing, situation where it's like, we need to completely revamp the system, you know? The engine's no good. It's not that. Right now, you've just, you've got a couple little things that aren't functioning quite as, you know, proficiently as they were earlier on in the year. And you're feeling that, collectively like just everything right now is not functioning as smoothly what's the biggest key in your opinion in having some success out on the road because obviously it's just not going to come easy I think the the top six teams are one and eight against each other on the road this year even in college basketball I saw a stat that like the top 10 is 10 games below 500 in road games this year against unranked teams like it's just it's going to be that way no one's winning on the road it's wild um you know, that's, it's one of those like, yeah, it doesn't excuse, C- you know, CSU losing, but it, it's just reality. No one's winning on the road. And that's why, you know, you've just got to steal anything you can. Uh, for me, you know, a lot of it is just the intangible type of confidence swagger that leads to making those couple plays that swing a game. You know, we talked about how CSU kind of lingered against Nevada. Sometimes those are loose balls. Sometimes that's, uh, hitting that one open shot when you, you know, to really put pressure on a team. And, you know, when you're not quite matching the uh, toughness of the other team, and a lot of times that's that's mental toughness. Teams play more confident at home. Like that's uh, not a secret. Role players, especially, especially role play, players, play yeah. more confident at home. So how can you find ways to rise up and match that? And a lot of times it it does need to be your stars. I mean, it's going to be hard to win any game when, you know, Nick, uh, Zay, and, and Pat have the shooting night they had in Nevada, but especially like on the road. 17 points total and 15 yeah, like, of them yeah, came in like the second half. One ease at 7% or something for those three combined. 
Um, you just need those guys to to be really good again. And that's how Nevada won. Jared Lucas and Keenan Blackshear were really good. No one else did anything. I mean, you know, can you can you name any you know supremely big impact plays from other guys? Like, yeah, they got some Pope contributions. had some moments, and they've got yeah, there was some contributions. Guy that's been there for six years in the post, but yeah, it's, uh, it, it came down to Lucas and Blackshear having a prime Kobe game. Yeah, yeah, you know, and that that's how you win big games in this league is you know, um, mostly it's your stars doing it with some you know solid contributions from from the other guys. So uh, CSU, I, you know, in some of the some ways, I think it's like sort of a monkey off the back thing. They just need to get a first road win. You know, Saturday in Laramie would be good, um, and then they'll relax a little bit because even though, you know it's only three games, which is a small sample size, but. The league is so good and it's, you know, such a relatively short sprint that three games is, is huge. So they're aware, um, I, you know, like I say, I don't think anything has really changed about this team. Um, but yeah, you have to, you have to be pretty clean away from home because just no one is winning. Should they still be considered one of the, you know, elite contenders in this league. Like they're they're in great shape as far as a, a bid to the tournament goes. Like I'm not, we're not getting overly dramatic, but just given the fact that you do have these three road losses already, you're you're gonna really have to run like a four minute mile here to pull this out. You're gonna have to be perfect at home. You can have no slip ups, and I think you got to steal at least one of those games that the Petter Viejas have a chance to realistically win the league. Yeah, it's still there. Uh, the path has narrowed. Uh, CSU, yeah, not the favorite. Especially, there's a whole different conversation. Maybe we can have another day. But the unbalanced schedule leads to an unbalanced champion. Um, I forget who it is, but I believe Utah State, two of the other top teams, they only play once. So that helps Utah State. I mean, if you play Fresno and San that's Jose huge. State four, uh, you know, four total times, that's four wins. CSU only plays those two teams once each. Now, from an NCAA metrics standpoint, that's a good thing. Uh, you know, you don't get the drag of those metrics. But, you know, these schedules are set so far in advance. So like, let's say CSU didn't have to go to the pit this year. Like, that would have helped CSU in the path to Mount West title. So the unbalanced schedule, I, I think it's dumb. I think the league should be 20-game schedule. But it means that, yeah, CSU's path is really narrow. It's still there. Like, I keep saying that they're, they're still even. Um, you know, they've won at home and lost on the road. So until you lose at home or, uh, you know, lose one of these road games that, you know, you kind of need to win, you're still in the mix. But yeah, it's a narrow path. CSU, obviously, if we're talking Mountain West title, has to win at Wyoming, has to win at Air Force, has to win at Fresno. If you win those three, then let's say you go undefeated at home, which is really hard, but let's just say it. You're at 12 wins if you go undefeated at home and win those three. 12 is going to be in the mix. Um, you know, I would say more likely at home is like a seven or eight, which would mean you'd need to get four or five on the road, which, you know, it's getting real tricky now. But, yeah. Um, the path is there, but it's quite narrow, is what I would say. Is it a. I mean, is it a situation where they didn't live up to expectations if they don't win the league in your estimation? It's just the league is it, so It depends good on who hard. you ask. I mean, you know, with an unbalanced schedule, frankly, I, I don't think winning a regular season, the regular season title is the number one priority. I think NCAA tournament is number one. I'm not, I don't think the staff would probably necessarily say it publicly, but I feel that's probably what they feel. 
um, is that NCAA tournament is your your number one goal. And then number two is probably win the Mountain West tournament. I think, um, you know, you get more out of it. Yeah, that's not necessarily equitable either, just because obviously it's just a one-off bracket. But still, with an 18-game unbound schedule, a lot of it comes down to your scheduling for the regular season title. So, you know, different fan groups view it differently. Um, I, you know, I think this CSU team should be in the mix for both. You know, if they... Let's say they finish fifth or sixth and lose in the quarters of the Mountain West tournament, then yeah, that would be a letdown. Uh, but those are both a long way off, I would say. It's going to be interesting. Like, I knew the league was going to be good, but it certainly exceeded my expectations. Um, it seems like outside of uh, one of these top teams just completely falling off the map, five bids is almost a lock at this point. Um, yeah, six feels very realistic, which is is just interesting that they there could be a situation where the Mountain West gets as many bids as the Pac-12 and ACC combined. Yeah, I mean, just getting a buy in the Mountain West tournament is going to be an achievement. You know, that's top five, so there's going to be one hell of a good team playing on Wednesday as that six seed. You don't want to be that. That's, that. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, it's hard to get that buy. So there, you know. Uh, CSU, Nevada, you know, someone's going to be playing on Wednesday. What was the, uh, what was the vibe, I guess, post game talking to Nico Medved? How do you, I mean, he's, he's usually so even keeled, like, especially with what he's going to say to us, but I can't imagine they're panicking by any means. It was pretty much what you expect. I mean, the staff, we've, you know, been around them a lot, never too high, you know, it's cliche, but they understand the length of the season. They were frustrated, no doubt. I mean, you know, they had a, a long coaches chat before going into locker room. You know, I think they would all say, you know, another missed opportunity, but not catastrophic, not panic time. They know if you go into the locker room screaming and yelling about how everyone screwed up, you know, that's, that's the way to tank a season real fast. So I'd say, you know, I was frustrated, um, disappointed, but also still confident that they'll, you know, end up in pretty good places. All right, I'm going to get right back to that conversation with Kevin, but I do want to shout out the homies at Breckenridge Brewery. They've been with me since the beginning. Literally my very first podcast sponsor have never wavered and they're a company for the people. You know, it really is one of those authentic Colorado spots. You go to the farmhouse, great spot to watch a game, have an ice cold you know, maybe an avalanche ale, mountain beach sour, want a little bit of taste of summer in the winter. Whatever you want, they've got something for you. Check it out at the Breck Beer Locator at breckbrew.com to find a brew near you. Finally, Fubo TV is the best way to watch anything these days. They've got 140 plus live channels of sports shows, movies, and news. Best way to stream live TV from any device, get the most Colorado sports for the lowest price, and you can start watching immediately with a free trial. No contract, no cable, no hassle. Sign up and start watching. You get a thousand hours of cloud DVR included. And like I said, it really is the best way to keep up with all the lowest sports at the the best price to the consumer. Watch all your favorite college basketball and NFL action with Fubo. Go to www.fubotv.com slash DNVR. That's www.fubotv.com slash DNVR to sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. If I had to make you make a prediction right now, who wins the Mountain West? Hmm. 
And there's like obviously like this. This is all just based on how we feel this week. Like I mean, I'm go- I'm, yeah, I'm going against everything I've said earlier. I'm gonna say New Mexico because I They're am hot, struggling man. to see someone win at the pit. So that gives you your nine. Now they're they have not shown they can win on the road either, and you're gonna have to do that. But gosh, they Toppin is incredible. He's I don't know all my freshman bigs around the country, but he's got to be up there. And then it seems like they're figuring out how to play those guards together. So I'm going to say them with Utah State, my number two, partially just because of the scheduling benefit. But I could, none of the top six would surprise me, honestly. Same. I would agree. I mean, I think New Mexico's ceiling when they get hot offensively is probably the highest, just in terms of like they could put 100 on the board real easy. But they're just so yeah. inconsistent in the emotion of they have veterans, but they're like, I wouldn't say that's why it works great the at presence. the pit. Yeah. But on the road, I, you know, we saw obviously a bit of a Jalen house meltdown at Moby. It's not the first time that's happened on the road. So we'll see how they handle um, some of these, but man, they, that thing seems to be turned into a real monster at the pit. And so, Hey, that's a good starting point. If anyone could go nine and zero at home, that might be how you win it. And, you know, yeah, steal off a couple here and there on the road. But, you know, I could see a lot of these teams going eight and one at home. But if well, we're can, seeing it now, like, nine, I mean, yeah. San Diego State goes to the pit and just gets wallops and they lose in Boise. Like, that, it's that's the funny thing. I mean, everyone's just beating each other up. Like, CSU fans, understandably, are frustrated, disappointed with these road losses. But, like, a couple of weeks ago, CSU dominated New Mexico, who's blowing the doors off everyone else. Like, it's that's what this league is. There's, uh, you know, Boise at Nevada is really the only important, not important, but you know, top group uh, road win right now. So it's just not happening. Who would be your pick right now for Mountain West Player of the Year? Would it be Ladine? Jesus, I was talking to someone about this about how do you even pick all conference teams because even even your you know. UNLV is on the bottom group, and Boone is obviously going to have a great year. Petritus is going to have a great year. Like, um, and then obviously each of the top teams has one or two guys that are you know, not just good, like great. There's going to so, be like three guys that get legit screwed, and it's just yeah, going to be a, totally, yeah, totally. And so for player of the year, I mean, it feels like it's probably going to come because there are so many good teams and they all have a star. The champ is going to get it. I would say like, but like if, so I, I just said right now, New Mexico, but if they win it, who the heck is their player of the year? You could pick like four dudes. I know. I was like, like it Toppin might be Den right now, but I Den, think it'd be Toppin over the course of the season. Like it's yeah. house obviously is capable of get just going off. So, yeah, but, but yeah, I mean, Ladie, especially if you look the whole scope of the season, probably Ladie has been the best, but the numbers of these top end players in the league are insane. And it's like, you could make a case for any of them. I was just kind of going through some of them. Ladie's like 20 and nine right now on 60, 60% from the floor. And he's also like 38% from three point range. It's not a massive sample size, but I mean, that that's absurd. Isaiah of CSU posted. I think he's the only player in the country averaging like 18 and seven or whatever it is. 18.7 assists. So it's wild. Like a guy like Nick Clifford, I think would be an easy choice for Mount all West or all mountain West most years. But you know, right now, just given like 
well, who are you going to leave off? Like Keenan Blackshear, yeah. JT Toppin, Grado Sabor. Like it's it's going to be so hard. Yeah, yeah. Your like second and third teams are going to be you know first teams a lot of years. And the coach of the year, the same deal. Like I think yeah. maybe Danny Sprinkle, just given the fact that they he literally replaced. I was going to say I. I think that's one. Yes, the champ will have a good chance, but that one, as long as like if Utah State's top three, I think it's probably Sprinkle, just because like a first year and you replace everyone, um, he'll probably get that. I would say, but but yeah, I mean, again, you can't like if you win this league, you you probably have a pretty good claim as coach of the year. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but just. What's your gut going into this game uh, against Wyoming? You never want to discount the rivalry factor. We've seen really good Rams teams struggle in Arena Auditorium against even not-so-great Wyoming teams. We've seen CSU at other times blow Wyoming out. It's it's tough to... Just this Wyoming team's so up and down, but it, it yeah. seems like they have found some confidence, so I think it's going to be a good game. Yeah, it's a, it's a tricky one. They obviously have a couple guys that can you know really go off. They can score pretty well. Like you say, CSU in the A is pretty up and down. But I just feel this team's gonna figure it out. They're um I expect pretty desperate. I think you're it's gonna must see Isaiah Stevens. Right? It, so I'm I'm one of those curmudgeon old people that I sparingly use must win. I, you know, if it can't end or ruin completely ruin your season, I don't call it must win. But it's pretty close. And if you are talking to contend for the Mountain West title, it is must win there. Because if you lose this, I think Mountain West regular season title, I think yeah, that's gone. It goes out the window. So, so in that way, it is. It's sure better win, um, which is a much less cool phrase. But um, I think CSU's got figured out. But I expect it to be fairly close. I think the big thing for the Rams, turn Wyoming over and get out and run. If you can you know, create some of those early transition opportunities that helps confidence, stress relief, everything for a team that's, you know, been a little shaky, especially in first half. So um, I I think I, I honestly even wonder if there might be a little pressing action or, or anything early on to try and kickstart the team. And that, I mean, Wyoming's a team that's had some turnover issues in yeah. their losses. So I, I think that's a big factor. I also think, although it's not as, it's not as catchy. It doesn't sound as good on if you're like a radio host or whatever. I am with you, though, because we get a lot of reactions when this team wins and when they lose. And when they win, this is the greatest team that's ever lived. They're going to the final four. Isaiah's the man. Uh, you know, Nick came to CSU because, you know, it's so much superior. And when they lose, the sky is falling. This team's not even going to make the tournament. I think they could go 500 in the Mountain West and still have a pretty good chance to get a bid just because they have the the metrics from non-conference play. Yeah, totally agree. And that's why I've been saying, you know, probably at nine wins, certainly 10 in the Mountain West get CSU in because the, the non-con resume is really, really good. CSU has no bad losses right now. Uh, even that St. Mary's, their metrics have just launched. That's up to quad one now. It was quad three at the time. Uh, so CSU's, CSU's a quad one game too yep. now because they're C- hot. CSU's resume is really clean. Yes, you you know you in these losses you've missed chances for you know really good resume wins that would help boost your you know potential CD and whatnot. But the resume is clean, so if you keep it that way, uh, you'll be fine. I, you know, someone asked me. I think you know my confidence of making the tournament is you know above ninety percent right now. Um, it would change you know with a couple of these losses you know against like a Wyoming Fresno anything like that, but. 
Uh, right now, they're okay. I think this team, this is just what it is. My sort of working theory, I think a lot of the numbers suggest it, is there are very few dominant college basketball teams. You know, we, we kind of know who the top couple are. But teams sort of 10 through 40, if you will, are pretty darn similar. Now, given night, they can all beat each other. And it just so happens that half dozen of those 10 to 40 are in the Mountain West. So they're all beating each other. And so, yeah, you have nights where it's like, oh, God, you know, what is this team? And then it's other nights where it's like, oh, this team's amazing. You know, I I keep I cite Creighton as an example of that, you know, a team that obviously CSU fans, I think, follow a little bit just because they've played each other a few times. CSU beat them this year. On some nights, Creighton looks like an Elite Eight team. On other nights, Creighton looks like a one-and-done team. And I think that's what a lot of that 10 to 40 range is. A lot of it is matchups and who or where you're playing. And so, you know, I think there's a lot of good to quite good teams, and CSU is one of them, but so is most of the Mountain West. I don't think I could say it any better, but I'm especially with you on Creighton. I, I could see them winning the national title because Kaluma and you know, Shireman and Kalkbrenner, they just get mad hot. They hit a bunch of threes. They've got a true seven footer. Them being a, a high seed, the, you know, a four that gets bounced by a 13, also totally realistic because they have a, I mean, offensively, they were terrible against the Rams. And I, I think yeah. CSU was a big factor in that with the, the defense that they played, but it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a fun ride. Um, Kevin, you're the man. Thank you for hopping on as always. If you're listening to the pod, make sure you go check out all his content, Fort Collins, Colorado, and support local journalism. Kevin will be there on the road for all these big trips coming up. I will make sure we get him on the pod more as we get to this Mountain West tournament, which I think is going to be as fun and chaotic as it's ever been. Yep, should be fun. Peaches out of Palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be. I got blood on my shirt, like I wear my heart on my sleeve. She said I look good in red, but that went straight to my head. So now she's rocking my teeth, tucked into new Prada jeans. And we ain't spoken a month, but I just saw her last week. The lipstick stain still on my cheek, like we ain't talk enough. And we always seem to laugh, but never nod at us. So the future's looking grim, it's kinda ominous. And this song ain't about love, that'd be too obvious. See, this is more about lust and all of my misconceptions. And this is more about me and all of my self-deception. I'll tell myself a lie, 100 times don't need corrections But every night I pray to God, I hope I learn my lesson And the peaches out from Palisade And they sweet as mama's marmalade And this should sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums And my mama slapped that bass, and my sister sang these songs Dancing hand in hand, we were tripping two left feet Like a middle school slow dance, no one knew how to leave But I'm still thankful for these days